and hello movie lovers. So today I'm going to be doing something a little bit different. I actually have trust with me today and we're going to be talking about life is but a dream. This is the new event unfold album and I'm really excited to be doing this. This is actually going to be our intermission series and I'll explain what intermission means in a minute when we get started. But for, for further ado, let's go ahead. Let's get on with it. I'm excited to have trust here. And hey, man, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. And I just want to tell everybody what intermission is, basically. So basically, what I'm going to be doing is this. Think of it as you're purchasing your, um, not concert ticket, but your movie ticket. And you're in line and you're talking to somebody and they just happen to talk about different things. So think of it of us just waiting in line and we're talking about the new event Stonefold album, Life is But a Dream. And so I figured what better way to have this conversation with than an Avenged Sevenfold fan just like I am. And he's also the one who talked me into re-listening to this album after I shit on it and after I wind <laughs> it up. I'm just giving this album hell because of the fact that I was not used to it. Uh, I went into it very negatively. I actually canceled my pre-order after listening to singles. And... Then he's like, dude, you should go on ahead and re-listen to it again. And then at first I'm like, yeah, okay, I think I'll, I'll go on ahead and do that. And then I I sit on it for a while, well, maybe I should. So I wind up re-listening to it, and I winded up finding a lot of stuff that I really like within this album. So I just want to say thank you for uh, telling me to give me the challenge to re-listen to it. Anytime, man. Happy I could actually persuade you into listening to it. Most definitely. I'm, it was definitely a treat going into it again. And at first, I'm going to be honest with you. It takes a while to get there to where I feel like that I'm really excited for this. Because at first, I'm like, I'm kind of bored with it. Because I'm driving as early in the morning. I'm like, I'm kind of bored. And then, I, then whenever I get off of work, I'm like, I'm going to try it again. Then I'm finally like, I get it. It's starting to click. I'm starting to jive with it. This move, yeah. This whole entire... Uh, thing is an experimental record and it works yeah i love i uh, I love the concept album i love the concept that they went with it's really fun to me like it's i'll just say right now it's my favorite event show and fold album to date it's so different from everything that they've released it's the most guitar centric album that they have the acoustic parts are really amazing in this album it's just it's a fun listen. It gets your mind really thinking and it just gets you thinking about different things. I'm a person where I really am fascinated with like what happens after you die. And this album really kind of feeds that thought that I have. And it just really gets you thinking about stuff. So I, I love this album. It's a really good job that they've done. Most definitely, man. And, you know, let's just talk about this for a minute. So this is actually their eighth studio album, of course. Then yeah. also too. Uh, they end up coming up with the stage in 2016. They wind up having a little bit of a lawsuit or whatever. They're suing, uh, I believe, the record label at that time. Yeah. And they, with Warner Brothers in the mid-2000s, uh, uh, 2010s. And then they go back to Warner Brothers to do this one. And I think it's it works better in their favor with them being with Warner Brothers versus Capitol Records. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, when we get... Let's go on ahead. So, 
start off with track one, Game Over. To me, the intro has a mariachi and calm before the storm kind of vibe and a touch of System of a Down, which reminds me of a Helmet song called Unsung, but more of a faster drum style and the guitar riff is a lot heavier and has more of a thrash style like Burn It Down. It sets the tone for the album itself. Yeah, I really like the acoustic intro. It's really... It's so settling. It's like a really light rain before a really heavy storm. And that heavy storm being that super crash, that guitar chord that comes in, that's just earth shattering sound. The crash from the drum cymbals. It's just that break from that they do. They Avenged Sevenfold does a really good job of just how they transition the songs. They've really changed the pace of a song very well. And they do it really well with Game Over. And I after listening to game over a few times and actually looking at the lyrics you realize that once he says now i realize i don't belong here anymore that he's talking about now i'm gonna kill myself because then later on he goes to say tie the rope throw it over the branch and now i hang from my family tree it's just so the wordplay is just so great and they did a really good job and as we talk through more of the tracks, I think track one and two really build up to the grand finale of Nobody, which is Nobody, Now You're Dead. And that's like kind of the culmination of those three songs. And then the rest of the album kind of goes into like a what happens after you die type of thing. The album <laughs> is set really well. Like the, those song placements, they've done a really good job with it. But, you know, you're absolutely right, though, when you look at the lyrics to it, and it's about death and... Also, too, I want to say this, like with them having the loss of the rep and everything, too, it's him trying to process the death still and trying to think of, and basically saying, I no longer belong here. I don't belong on this earth now or anything, because basically he's saying he's a nobody. And then that's what I think that the following track actually means, though, too, to be honest with you, where it's basically saying, look, I'm still trying to comprehend what happened with rep. I'm still trying to comprehend my life of death stuff like that too and i don't belong here anymore i'm just a visitor visiting on this earth for a lo- short period of time and by when my time is up my time is de- uh, up and i have to face death yeah exactly that's how i feel with it and uh roxy's uh, roxy said roxy says oh i've listened to uh pinky oh smooth. oh dude really quick since she brought up pinkly smooth i love pinkly smooth and if the red was still alive the, I know we'll talk about the final track later on, but the final track being a piano song, the Rev 100% would have played it because he was he played the piano in Pinkly Smooth. And last, no, back in 2021, I uh, I got signed on to a 100-person petition, and I got like some limited edition Pinkly Smooth re-release stuff. It's all has affidated uh i have like number five of 100 i got like a dvd of them playing live and uh chain reaction it, it's really sick pinkly smooth is awesome i've been a fan of pinkly smooth since about 2007 and i've been trying to find unfortunate snort ever since then it's so hard to find i've listened to pinkly smooth a lot and i definitely got like the vibe that jimmy has within within that style yeah. you can actually sense it on every single event sevenfold album and also too i mean even though the rev's not with us you still have the pinkly smooth kind of vibe within each album with his fingertips on it well like what i told you with uh, beautiful morning 
they take a line from Pinkly Smooth and that whole kind of intermission part in that song is kind of like a little bit Pinkly Smooth sounding. Even with like how the vocals that M Shadow does in that song, it kind of has like a Jimmy vibe to it in that little middle section. I love it. It's so good. Most definitely. So track two is another one. This is my favorite one on the album. Metal, metal has a solid beat. It has the bare bones and some autotune when needed because of M Shadow's vocals being shot. And then the doctors are saying, well, we don't know if you'll be able to sing anymore or anything like that. So he's trying to find the vocal range within it as, in itself and then uses the autotune to help carry out the vocals. And I think it works perfectly in this song. And also, too, two minutes and 53 minutes into the uh, seconds into the song, it's my favorite thing because of the guitar riff that they're using in this in this song. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's between... So this is... I have a this song and another song later on in the album that are probably my two favorites. This one is just from start to finish. It's just such a good listen. The chorus is really good. I love him shadows vocals on this song. I love the guitar solo. It's just the guitar solos on this whole album are really good, but this one is just one of those standout guitar solos and just the lyrics. I really love the lyrics Definitely. on the song. It's just a badass song. My favorite part is this. My vinyl skin provides protection and holds in place my yeah. plastic bones, cast buttons, eyes reflected in the image, and all, all seems as it should, but there's nobody home. I love that. And, and, and I, I love how he says, uh, cue the breeze that sway the painted trees. I just love that it's saying that everything is all a simulation. It's all artificial. It's just, I, I love this song. It's so good. It it's has, so like, mature, the, though. Yeah, the, the song, like, you could tell this album is made by five people who have 20-plus years of music experience. Like, it, it shows within the music. And they've been working on the album since 2019, obviously with some delays due to COVID and everything. But right. the album is so polished. It's just, it's their best work yet. Like, with the stage, they definitely went, you know, also with a more... Uh, concept album wise but this album they just went full-fledged and i love that they released something that they actually wanted to release they knew that this was going to separate fans they knew that there was going to be people who either loved it or hate it there's really no middle ground here there's not like a yeah. i kind of like it it's either you, you love it or you hate it and for me like i've said it's my favorite album that they've released it's so different it's so much fun and I have a hard time finding myself going back and listening to other Avenged Sevenfold due to the fact that I love this album so much. Anytime I open up my Apple Music and I go to Avenged Sevenfold, I scroll all the way down and go to Life is But a Dream. And then the first song I go to usually is easier. And then I just work my way around the whole album. I just, this album's so much fun to listen to. It definitely is. And I'm, like I, like I said before, I was really not that into this album at first. And then re-listening to the lyrics and realized that there's a lot of quotable lyrics within the songs itself and a lot more meaning and a lot more structure and layered to it compared to like uh City of Evil and yeah. everything else. You know what I'm saying? I think this is the more structured album and more mature album that we've gotten from them. Yeah. And I th I think it's just fantastic. And I think it's a fun album. It's just a deep album. It's a very it's a, it's a deep album, but at the same time, it talks about things that are very simplistic, like capitalism and we love you. You know, it talks about very obvious things, but this 
I love the way Avenged Sevenfold does it. Avenged Sevenfold just has this certain way that they do things that I just, I love it. I don't know what it is. They, they just have this sound to them that I just can't get over. Same here. It's just very, it's a little subtleness to the sounds of how they do things with this album that just clicks yeah. and works in every aspect of it. And especially whenever they have, you have two different types of styles going on at the same time. It feels like AM, FM radio trying to mess with you in a sense where <laughs> you have static trying to come in through one side and then the other side is the vocals coming in. Yeah. I'm like, they're doing too much. They don't have like, I have to pause it sometimes. I'm like, but does it work? Yeah. That, um, yeah. that, that is some of my cons with the album is the fact that, um, some of the some of the songs like ordinary at the end of ordinary and at the end of death it just has like that blaringly loud like sound that is just it's almost ear piercing like it kind of takes you out of it like at the end of ordinary going into the beginning of death that loud ass sound is just i'm not yeah. into it like I, it I, sounds I like get, a bad chainsaw that just yeah yeah, and it just it's so it's, yeah it's prolonged and it's so loud and it just gets louder and like same thing with Cosmic. Like, I love, like, what after the solo in Cosmic, which is a, a great solo, and then it goes into, like, that piano, and, like, the whole tempo just changes, which I I love. That's, like, my favorite part of the song. But it, it starts to, like, a little bit after it goes on, it starts to have, have that horn that just gets louder and louder until everything just stops. And then, right. like, the intergalactic keyboard comes in, which I love, you know, but... I love the intergalactic... I, 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 yeah, I love I love that intergalactic keyboard sounds, but I just... The, the loud horns and everything, not a fan of. No. That's uh, the one Roxy, thing I really don't like. See, Roxy says, metal is great. Took her a while to get into it, but not nonetheless, great track. Same here. But I think if they wanted to uh, stop in that chainsaw kind of sound effect with metal, I think it would actually land it a lot louder. It just feels like it's in your face to the point it's like, you know, I'm done with the song. You ended it on a high note. Why would you go ahead and put more into it whenever it doesn't need into um, it? That, that, that song took me a while to get into. It was a song I skipped over, but then I started listening to it more and more, and then it became one of my favorites. Right. But another thing I want to add, though, to the chainsaw part that I was meant that we were mentioning was what if it's actually there to show the distortion and these uh, how this experience for them with this album is just basically a disarray. And it's an experimental album and it's about the separation of what we're used to and accustomed to and separating what we're used to listening to maybe it's a metaphor for something but at the same time it's just i'm just going a little deep but i just feel like it's, it's <laughs> loud and in your face to the point where it's like okay i'm done with this song fast forward give me the next track and yeah, so i think they did enough different things to where the horn is honestly unnecessary and this is the second album where they've actually done something completely different because with their self-titled album, I mean, they did a country song on there, a little piece of heavens from there. They did all these weird songs. So they're definitely not a stranger to doing things outside of the box. No. Like the, horn, the, the horns, yeah, they that can go out. I'm fine without those. So now we're going to get into the single, which is Nobody, right? Yeah. So this was, to me, the most confusing track on the album because... I remember like, oh yes, hell yeah. 
new Avenged Sevenfold album is coming out. New single. I'm excited for it. I'm expecting Sinister Gates to come out with his guitar solo. I'm expecting uh, some great guitar, uh, drumming and stuff like that. And then it just feels like AM, FM radio, two different types of sounds going on at the same time. And it feels distorted. It feels like it's kind of off-putting a little bit as well. And, you know, this is also something I wanted up saying. It's completely different from, from what Vincefold does. I wasn't expecting this from coming right out of the gate. The vocals were a little dry at um, with this one, and it was kind of off-key. Yeah, I, so for me, obviously the single came out in early March, and when I first heard it, it took me a second. I honestly think once I watched the music video, which was probably like my third listen to it, and I saw the music video, it just kind of clicked for me. I don't know what it was, but just seeing imagery to the song, it just kind of made it click for me. And then I fell in love. I love the solo at the end. I actually really like him, Shadow's vocals. I like how his vocals have matured. I like his vocals more now than I did back in the day. I really like kind of like that raspiness that he has in his vocals. I think it just sounds so good. I don't know what it is, but I really like this song. And I like how the drum has like that ticking sound because it makes it seem like that the clock is running out. And I, it's just a seconds running down. I love that ticking sound. It just really gives like it because the song is about dying. Like the song is about mm -hmm. now, now I'm woken up. Like he says, I'm awake. I'm the dead. I'm a man without a head. He's talking about now I've had the ultimate enlightenment. I'm actually awake. And that's what this whole album is about because I've seen a video and it was saying that, you know, it's talking about what happens after you die. And it says, once you die, you wake up, you have the ultimate enlightenment. And then the life that you're living right now, it's like a dream. When you wake up, you remember lots of things. But five minutes later, you remember bigger details, but the smaller details you kind of start to forget. 10 minutes later, you remember a little bit of it. 20 minutes later, what dream are we talking about? And that's what this whole album is about. It's just saying life is but a dream. Once you wake up, all of this is just a dream and you forget about this whole life that you're living. You forget right. about it's the past life that you had. And that's what nobody is about. It's about waking up. And uh, yeah, I love it. I think it's a really good song. Most definitely. And I think that's a very good concept as for what, the, what he's doing with it. It's about the beginning of life of how you used to remember everything as a kid and going yeah. into from going your teenage years to adulthood, then being getting older and not remembering anything. And then slowly that life is depicting from you and you don't remember everything. And then finally, when you die, it's like, yeah, life is but a dream that, that I used to, everything I used to know is not uh, everything I knew from before. Yeah. But yeah. I get the idea of it. It's just like this track for me, I like the ticking of it. I like the whole concept of it, but for me, it just doesn't land as far as for me and everything. But I'm happy that you got something out of it, though, oh, yeah. and stuff like that too. You know, and and also really quick because I didn't get to really say this on Game Over. I love how the verse, like all the verses, is talking about memories that he's had. You know, high school you know, high school threesome, prom, wedding, you know, he's talking about all the things that he's had before, then he decides, you know, I don't belong here anymore. This is, you know, it's over for me type of thing. Right. I just really wanted to touch on that really quick. I definitely like how it 
backtracks on that as well with the song is going into like you said when you're young and everything going in through all the stuff that you used to do and then getting older and realizing you can't do the stuff that you used to do anymore and you're just doing some self-reflecting on the things that you used to do and realize that part is also like is basically life is but a dream because that's my past and i can't do what i used to do in my past so that's actually my my dreams and everything and this is my life now I mean, you, like, I mean, I mean, time is irrelevant in all mm-hmm. honesty. So everything that you remember like, in the past is just a certain time in your life that you remember. It's not like a real, I mean, we associate things with dates, but I mean, time's irrelevant completely. So yeah, I just, this album, the concept is just so, it's so great. I knew that going into it, that I was already going to love the album. And it's the only thing I've listened to pretty much since it's released in June. I've just been on it like fucking flies on shit, dude. Seriously. I remember you telling me, like, you know this album, like, frontwards and backwards. And I, stuff don't have, like that. I, I have no notes, dude. The only thing I have is my stack of Avenged Sevenfold CDs next to me. I have zero notes. I don't need any notes, man. I've listened to this album enough that I could just talk about it freely. You see, me on the other hand, I need the notes just to help me out, though, just to guide me guide along you. my way <laughs> and explain how this album made me feel compared to where I was whenever I was first listening to it to where I am now. Because I, I like to just go deep on certain things and, you know, do some self-reflecting because it may not have landed well for me the first time. And I'm not going to trash anybody for experimenting with their sound because I like the yeah. fact that artists experiments with their sound. And not every album is going to be for everybody. So I was like one of those people at that time was like, okay, well, this album's not for me, but if it's for you, I'm happy for you. It's just not for me. And then I wind up doing, you challenged me. And I was like, you know what? This album is pretty good. So <laughs> I, I think I think every Avenged Sevenfold album has its own unique sound from 77 Trumpet all the way up to Nightmare you know, Hail to the King, every album has a very unique sound to it. And this album being no different than that. I just think that for me, like, it's just so outside of their comfort zone and it's Mm -hmm. something so new. And I will say first time around really took me, it it took me a second. First time around, I'm not going to say that I'm like, oh, I was jamming it. I was, I was like, but I knew, like, second time around and everything, and once I started hearing it more and everything, I really started to enjoy it. And the first time around, I heard some songs, I heard some parts that I really liked in it, and those were the songs that I first went back to on my second go-around. And those were the songs I really started to pick up on. And I started listening to the songs that maybe I didn't listen to as much on my second go-around. And then the whole album, I just really started to love. That's how I normally listen to records, though, too. Like, I'll skim around to see what hits for me. Yeah, and then I'll go back and listen to it more cohesively, and everything as a whole to actually get the whole idea behind the music itself. Yeah. So I'm pretty much like shopping around, seeing what I like on each album, <laughs> on each song, and then after that, I'll go ahead and do it. So yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, this album is just—I can't say enough good things about it. <laughs> I, I I can't put this album on enough of a high pedestal. It's just, it's events unfold at their prime, in my opinion. In my opinion. So speaking of loving this album, we actually have another song called We Love You. Yeah. 
So the intro is off key, and to me, the vocals might have gotten killed in the editing process. But I think the point of the overall album is to throw you off of what you're you you're used to, um, what they used to give us. Uh, and later on, they give us a little bit more thrash metal and has a little bit of pink, pinkly smooth kind of feel. With the acoustic slide guitar is really smooth at the end. Middle of the song has a system of a down kind of feel with the vocals in the in the slowdown. And then hits us even harder with the thrashing later on. Yeah, I really, I love how this song ends. The acoustic in like the last minute 40 of how the song ends. It's just so good. And I really, I enjoy the vocals on this song. And I, so for me, like the music video was one of the things that I really just wasn't all that into. I really liked the music video for Nobody. I feel like the second music video didn't really hit as hard for me. But I really like this song. It definitely was one of those songs that it, it probably took me the most listens to actually get into because it was so, it was it was really different the the drumming style, the vocal style. But after a while, I really did start to get into this song, and it is one of my favorites on the song. I really like both of the singles that they released for this album. And I'm this really excited. I'm, I'm excited for like the third single that they released. I'm really excited to see what third single that they're going to release, which I think it will probably be Cosmic. If I had to guess, Cosmic I think has Cosmic. the. I'll be real with you. I think Cosmic has the legs to be a single. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> and I think that it needs to be the single for it. Yeah, I, you know? I think I think either it'll be that or it'll be Beautiful Morning because they usually do like like how they did Sunny Disposition on the stage. They did like kind of a harder song for a single. They did This Means War for, you know, the Hail to the King. So they might do like a little bit of a heavier song and go with Beautiful Morning. But I think Cosmic would, I mean, people are so excited for a second leg of the tour because M. Shadows has said that Cosmic will be making it onto the set list. They're just trying to yeah. find out a way to make it sound good live because it has the overlapping vocals and stuff like that. So they want to make it sound good live. Right. That's another thing I want to mention is too, like all the music seems like it's in the background. Yeah. And then all the vocals is up front, and then you have the overlapping of the vocals itself, which makes it even that much harder to try and perform live. I think that Brooks Wackerman, he's a phenomenal drummer. He can play offbeat insanely well. He could play any style of drumming. The guy is really good, and I think that they have the perfect drummer for this album. I think that Regardless of any song, I think he'll be able to bring it out live. I mean, he plays Mattel live perfectly, and the drumming sounds chaotic as hell on that song. And he brings it out perfectly. Same with Nobody. He plays it perfectly. I mean, he is just a really well-rounded drummer, and he started out learning in jazz. That's where his whole roots are in drumming. It's all jazz. So his cymbal work and his foot blood and his uh, kick pedal work is just insane. That guy is awesome. They got the perfect drummer. And I honestly, I can't imagine the drumming being any different, even if the Rev was around. I think if the Rev still was around, though, because he didn't start writing any songs on Adventure Unfold until their self-titled album. He wrote a little bit of M.I.A., but he had no songwriting until, you know, the self-titled album. I think this album would have been even a little bit more over the edge if the Rev was still around. Because, I mean, you you hear a little piece of heaven he did that whole composition of that song. I think this album would have just had an awesome touch if he was still around. I think so, too. I think with him being around, it would add a lot more edgier to it. 
Yeah. It'd be and the drumming style would be a lot more of that thrash helmet kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Which is what we're used to. Because I remember reading in Revolver magazine uh about how they used to sound. And the basically the production manager's like, look, you need to slow down your drumming style and everything. And goes, I like what you're doing, but you're banging all over the place. You need so he actually had a pretty much slow him down a little bit and stuff like that to try and get him in line on what they need to do as far as a record goes. But I definitely like the edgier and thrashier side of Rev, though. And also his vocals, too. Uh, The Rev's vocals are amazing. And then that's the one thing that I really like about Pinkly Smooth. His vocals are just amazing. Like, their song McFly, oh my gosh, his vocals are just so good. Um, It's just, uh, yeah. But also, too, I think We Love You is, like, the most political song that we have on this album. Oh, for sure. Because more power, more pace, more money, more taste. More sex, more pills, more skin, more shills. More wants, more needs, more hits. More fame, more speed, more drive. More self, more time. Build tall, build higher, build far, build wider. Which, to me, is a business man type of thing of doing with the bigger because i already know who they're talking about yeah. <laughs> in this uh, capitalism yeah. yep the songs about capitalism to the core and yep. all the billionaires that we have you know yep. all the medical corporations everything yep. rolled up into one big huge thing and it's not the first time that avenged has ever done anything um political either because mia was also a political song yeah stuff like that too so I definitely like where they mix it up a little bit, where it's like self-reflecting on your own life, and then they focus on what's going on in the world today, and they go back over to the self-reflection. And I definitely like how they do that. Yeah, I, I think that I really like how at the end it starts to really speed up and everything. And I like the I like that European dance vibe that it has once it starts to just hear have that kick drum and everything. I just right. the song is just so much fun, man. So let's see here. So we got Cosmic. Cosmic is next. So this is actually my favorite song on the album because of the guitar solo that Sinister Gates delivers. It has a dream theater kind of flavor to it because I love dream theater. And and there was like, I forgot what album it was. It was like a seven minute or 15 minute long song and with dream theater. And it winds up being different types of uh, styles and within one song. And oh, this is no that. different. This is no different. And it has different types of styles going in it. It actually does feel like a cosmic kind of energy of it. Also, it has a far away, the song So Far Away. It also has that kind of vibe going into this song as well. So I could pick up on So Far Away in this. I, and I just think it's just a great song. And I really, I really enjoy listening to it. Yeah, this is definitely one of my favorites off the record probably my third favorite off the record i love the guitar solo is just it's so perfectly put together sinister gates he really shines on this record like when he said that this is the most guitar centric album this solo definitely shows how guitar centric it really is and then how the guitar solo just kind of crashes and goes into like how the song just changes complete tempo and just really slows down and you know uh when uh, uh god how the lyrics go 
Um, no, dan- dan- dancing in the wind as Rose is born again. There you'll find me before the before dawn, the of, dawn man of man and castles <laughs> made of sand. I just that whole part is just so good, and I really like. And the first part of that, because obviously they do it again, but in the first part, it's really, it has like the piano and everything, and it's like really old kind of vibey. And then when it goes into the other part, it's kind of like futuristic y. You get the intergalactic keyboard, and then it goes into the auto tune version of it. And I love how they do both versions of it. I just think that it's a really well put together song. And it's one of the longer tracks on a song, but it feels so short because of how good it is. It's just, it's not. It doesn't feel like that. It overdoes anything. It's just really well. The only problem I have with it is it has that horn as it starts getting later into closer into like the uh, the auto tune part. Right. Yeah, it has like that <laughs> horn when everything stops. That's the only problem I have with the song. But other than that, I think it's a really good song and one of the best on the records. Same here. Now, you know what, man? I actually have those that part of the lyrics that you were quoting written down because that's actually one of my favorite lines within the li- lyrics itself for Cosmic. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful, dude. It, it really is. And, I, and basically, I believe the horn is like a metaphor for where your time is up. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason for it to be there, but at the same time, you still get that concept with just the lyrics itself. Exactly. You don't need to add sound exactly. effects. You're not doing a movie or anything to explain to us <laughs> what you're going after. You yeah, have this it isn't a score. This isn't a score for a movie. <laughs> you know, this is an album. Right. See, it's, so it's get, like how, it has it's like, like a cinematic with, feel to it. It's like how you feel with nobody. You you get you enjoy you like the concept, but it's just the delivery on it. And I feel the same thing with the horn. I get it gets louder, and then everything just stops. I get it. I, I really like it. But it could have stopped without the horn. And I still would have got that same feel. It's just, I, I'm a type of person where when I listen to music, I turn that shit up. I want to feel the music. I want to feel the waves coming off of the stereo. Like, that's how much I want to listen to my music. And the horn, when that comes on, it's like, I feel like I have to turn it down a little bit because it's so damn loud. You know it's what in I your mean? face, just like yeah, that chainsaw. Really <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's really it's blaringly loud, but I get it. I mean, I get it, and that, like I said, it's one of my favorite songs on the record. So let's see here. Next thing we have is "Beautiful Morning." It reminds me of a cross uh, between once again between Green Theater, but you want to know what else this reminds me of, man? A little bit of up? Alice in Chains. This is like a throwback yeah. to Alice in Chains. And yeah. even in the lyrics itself, it feels like he's play- paying homage to the original singer of Alice in Chains. Yeah, it does. And everything, too. And also, too, it has a Beach Boys kind of vibe in the middle of the song, and then they whack us over the head with another guitar solo, which is not bad that they whack us over the head, because I'll listen to Sinister Gates do guitar solos and guitar riffs all day long. I don't care. But they hit us over the head with the guitar solo. Then... They pull you back to uh, to this a more structured uh, uh, Ben Sevenfold that we know and love as well. Yeah, I honestly I love how the song enters with the "I stay stoic" or "I I stay so stoic." I just love like how that vocal style and I really didn't think about it until you said it, but it really does have that Alice in Chains kind of sound to it, like how the vocals are and that kind of just almost monotone 
kind of singing in the first verse. I just really like it. And this song does have a line from Pinkly Smooth, a song that was originally meant for Pinkly Smooth, where it says it's it's a beautiful morning, it's a beautiful day, everybody's smiling in a beautiful way. That's originally supposed to be in a Pinkly Smooth song, which obviously have been shovelfold kicked off, so they kind of put Pinkly Smooth on the back burner. But that was originally meant for that song. And that whole middle part, kind of after that line, that whole kind of part just kind of has a pinkly smooth vibe to me. The, how the vocals are in that really kind of high vocal kind of way. That's really how Jimmy does it in Pinkly Smooth. And I think that they really took some inspiration from that and put it in there. And then you go from that part into the solo that is just out of left field. And it's so aggressive and it sounds so good i just love how he just runs up and down the neck of the guitar and just hitting every fret it just sounds so good i love it it just comes in so hard with such a hard chord and it's just it's awesome it just totally like i said it's been so full they could change the tempo of the song so well so fast and they do it it's just master class it definitely is and then also to the lyrics to it okay so my favorite part of it is toss a rope over the branch and fall into the night. And here I swing from my family tree and say goodnight. Can you see me? Life is but a dream anyway. I, Whenever I hear the ending of that and everything, it has that Beast Boys kind of flavor to it. It has a California kind of style of dreaming kind of thing to it where you actually feel the vibe of California and having the vibe of that and death and having maybe smoothly just exiting life. Yeah, I agree with you on that. 100%. This song, it was one of my favorites from the get. Like, I just love it. I love the, uh, I love the chorus. You know, you walk on water, but the water swallows you. You're like no other. There's no, you're the only one in view. I just, the chorus is really good. This whole song is good. And I really love that super hard riff that this song carries. It's just so good. It's just one of those songs that is hard not to just bang your head to. Exactly. And then even the part where he actually throws in one F-bomb in this thing, it works. It's not over, uh, it's not too much or anything. It's just perfect. No. Because the bestest part of waking up mundane ideation this uh, dark rose got me so fucked up. Yep. That could yeah. have easily been so forced within the songwriting itself, but the way he does it is just so smooth. I think you it's know? really funny. I think it's really funny you say that because that line, when I was listening to it before we started the show, I saw that in that line. It just made me laugh when I read that because it's just so funny thinking of the mundane process of going to work every single day and just drinking your dark roast coffee and how fucked up it's got you because it's got you all jittery and shit. I just, right. I fucking love it. It's Listen really, here. It's really um, good. C Bar. He says, What's up, y'all? This kid is the go-to for Vince Simple. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. I've been like I said, I've been listening to him since 2003. Heard of them on fucking Headbangers Ball on MTV2, on Holy Confessions. That's how I knew <laughs> And I just, once I heard on Holy Confessions, I was hooked. And then I remember Backcountry coming out in 2005, and I had a Zune, a big-ass Zune that was like a Bible, and just listened to City of Evil with my friends over at fucking Weedon Park and just listened to Vince Sevenfold with my friends. Skate, listen to Avenged Sevenfold, rinse and repeat. 
So let's see. We actually have another song called Easier. It has a Daft Punk kind of flavor to it. It also has a sublime reggae kind of flavor to it, mixed with blues. Also, like bringing the climax, how it brings the climax up and then bringing you back down again to give us the next song as well. This is my favorite song on the record. Hands down, when I go to put on this song, this record, this is the first song I play. I love the solo has so much groove in it. I mean, it is so, so good. And I love the lyrics. I love how it does a little slight overlapping of uh, vocals on the second verse. This whole song, it just, he sings like he is a valley. Like, you know, he says, I, I just, man, it's so good. You know, I cursed at the, I found a plateau where I cursed at the sky and it's just, man, the lyrics are good. The whole song is just, it's, man, I can't say enough good things about this song. It's just so good. I can listen to it on repeat all day and with no Same. problems. And this is a song that was a demo. It was originally meant to come out on Diamonds in the Rough back in 2008. But the demo, it just wasn't far enough along. And you can find the demo on YouTube. It sounds completely different. It sounds like a song that would have been on Diamonds in the Rough. It just wasn't in a spot where they wanted to release it yet. So this is one of those songs that they brought back from way back in the way back in the library. This is from 2008. I'm glad they did though. And they it's... decided to rework it and it sounds awesome. This is it's so good, man. I'm glad they reworked it because you can definitely tell that it's like an older song, but at the same time, the way they structured it, the way they brought yeah. it to life with this album is perfect for an experimental album because you're bringing something that's old into the mix and trying to bring something new to it, just as has they're trying to bring something new to their old style of way of doing things. So I think this is a perfect song to actually go with this album for an experimental type of thing. And I do too. Let's hear. The, uh, there's actually another lyric I like. Days like this come as days go, and all that you love just soon as as soon be goodbyes. What was so, so far for so long, now be yeah. what are long. So hold applause until the end of the ride, and then it goes into that badass groove solo. Man, yes. that song is so fucking good. <laughs> I love that song. Like, I sorry, I have to geek out. That that's, song is that just song is so fucking, fucking good though. Awesome, that that song hit. Like, yeah, and the fucking riff that that song has is so fucking heavy, dude. Top to bottom. I mean, that is, like, every one of them are just, they're firing on all cylinders throughout this whole album. It gets in, it gets the job done, they get the point that they want to get across, and then they get the fuck out. They do a great job on this album. There's not a second wasted. There's not a second on this album that you feel like, oh, they could have cut that out to make it a little bit shorter. Everything feels like that is on this album for a purpose. It's just, it's great. Like, this disc gets packed with just, this is their best content, man. They, they, think really, so they, they really like, I mean, now they're in their early 40s, and I mean, they are just playing awesome. I love it, man. I do too. Um, so let's go on ahead. Let's go over to the next one, which is G. And this is the way I described it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on how I described it, but it has a fusion jazz prog, complex, and has a Mike Patton feel to it. It also has like a female vocals in the mix with it being halfway through the album. I think that is perfect to give us something different. 
Yeah, I will say um, it's probably my least favorite song on the record. Not saying that it's a bad song, but if I had to pick a least favorite song, this would probably be it. I I like the song. I get I get the whole purpose of the song, and you know I get the meaning of the song. You know, realizing that you know God's kind of or you know well, if they say you know quotations, you know God's like created all this seven days of bullshit a wave of my hand you know uh, i i get i get it i i like the song like i said it's not one of my favorites um i like the sound of it i like the chorus and i like you know i like the female vocal added i think that it actually really kind of helps carry the song and i like the guitars on it the guitar is something that's really different than what we would hear in a usual adventure sevenfold song it's not like a deeper chord progression it's a really kind of high chord progression that you hear more in like a punk rock type of sound so i really like what they did there it, everything just sounds kind of loose and it's just a really nice kind of flowy song and i also like uh i like the added vocals where they say you know good not too bad for a first try you know and i right. like um i like at the end he's like uh where's the delete button delete He's like, ah, <laughs> and he's like one robot. And then it goes into that intergalactic into the beginning, beginning of ordinary. I think that G ordinary and death all really flow super well into each other. And for me, if I listen to G, I can't listen to G without listening to ordinary. It, it's just impossible. I have to, I love when he just goes one robot and then it goes right into the intergalactic keyboard. It just sounds so good. It's such a good transition and really do easy transition on the ears. well together. Yeah, it's because super easy. It's, on the it's a cohesive story. It's just a yeah. uh, narrative of a story being told and being yeah. followed through the, to the next track. So you're on this journey with the same person, and therefore it's a continuation of that story from G, which is something I like. And everything, I even though it might not be our favorite song on the album, but we can understand the concept of it and how it follows up with it. And and I do listen to G a decent amount mm -hmm. on the record. It's not a song that I skip over. Like if it comes on, it's not like a oh I'm gonna skip this song. I listen to it. I really I enjoy it, but it's not gonna be like you know like the third song that I'm gonna listen to when I go on the record. I'm gonna listen to Easier. Then I'm gonna listen to Mattel, and then I'll probably go to like Nobody or I'll go to Cosmic or something like that. You know, right? But I definitely and listen also, to it. I also feel like you know how we've been quoting different lyrics to each song right yeah. i feel like this one is like the least quotable and it's not in a bad yeah. way it's just nothing that just sticks with you as some of the other lyrics do and i can under and i like the concept of it it's just i wanted it to stick with me a lot more and it just doesn't for me yeah i actually that's a good point i think it's a good song it's just not one of those standout songs because, yeah, that's a good point. There are really no quotable lyrics in this. It's not that the lyrics are bad or anything. It's just that there's nothing that really pops out to you when you see it. And when I was listening to the record before we started the show, I was listening to it on Apple Music, and I was just looking at the lyrics the whole time and went back to a few things that I really saw in some songs. But, yeah, this is one of the songs that you know I listened to and I was enjoying it. But, yeah, nothing to go back to. Exactly. That's actually how I feel, though, about this one. Uh, so now we have O, which is Ordinary. And yeah. this one also has the Def Punk kind of feel of Up All Night to Get Lucky. And it also has a Red Hot Chili Peppers kind of vibe to it, too. 
And I just love the vocals of this song. I just love it. It has this groovy kind of feel to it where it just gets you up and moving and dancing a little bit. And I just love it. Yeah, I do too. And the thing I really like about this song being this kind of style and this jazzy sound is that um, we kind of get to see Johnny Christ shine on the bass guitar because we don't really get to see him shine that much. You know, on Waking the Fallen, they wanted the bass to be super low, almost like an Injustice for All type of low, where the bass is almost unnotable in the, in the album. And we kind of get to see Johnny Christ just really get groovy on the bass and just really shine. So it's nice to see that. And it's really nice to see Avenged Sevenfold just do a song like they've never done before. It's so different and it's so good. It, it, they did it so well. They... And that's the thing that they do. Like, I mean, Dear God, that's one of their singles. That's a country song. And it's mm -hmm. so good. I, I'm not a country fan, but I really like that song. I really like that song. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm like the biggest jazz fan or the biggest like funk type of fan. But with this song, it's so funky and it's just so good. Man. It just hits. It's just, yeah, it really hits, man. And it's just, it has uh, like move where, you know, like if you're, let's say that you're not the most energetic person in the morning time, it has that funky kind of vibe where it just gets you up and yeah, just moving yeah. and grooving a little bit. Gets you bobbing yeah. your neck and everything, you know, like right. you really feel that it really has that dark really in the morning, Because right? <laughs> dude, like in my fucking car at five o'clock in the morning, right? I'm over there like, oh yeah. I'm I'm getting in the mood to work, you yeah. know, with this song. Uh, but let's see. Rossi says, "What's up, guy?" And then she what also says, that? "Loving the segment. Thank you. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. We're enjoying this conversation and stuff like that too. Just vibing with the yeah. Sevenfold and everything. If YouTube would allow it, we would actually be blasting this as we're reviewing it. But since we can't, <laughs> but you know, um, this. So let's go on ahead. Let's go with death." which is actually the 10th song on the album. And uh, before we jump into death, do you feel like there's any type of uh, lyrics that stand up for you as far as ordinary goes? I mean, I, I mean, I like the lyrics, you know, the, well, you know, will you let me, you know, take control and I want to be the person you see, you know, I, I mean, I like the lyrics and everything, but there's really nothing that stands out. I just think that the most thing that stands out is the musical style that they went with. Mm -hmm. I think that's the standout thing, and it sounds really good live. I, I've watched yeah. live videos. They they play it very well live. But, I mean, there's nothing that really stands out with it. I feel the same way, to be honest with you. The music itself sticks with me more than the lyrics do. Yeah. Because of that grooviness, because of that little funk that we talked about. That's yeah, exactly. what gets that's what's that's that's what makes it hot for me. Is, yeah. is that <laughs> not the lyrics for this point, you know? Yeah. And I like songs like that. I like the stuff that you can actually just group with and chill with versus it just being quotable. And that's something that can stick with you too, just the groove of it. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. So I think that's now, I think that's one of those songs that you didn't really need a, anything quotable from. I think that the sound alone is something that you is pretty much what they wanted to stick with you. Whereas other songs, the lyrics really help with helping the song stick with you. Like Mattel is one of those where the lyrics really stick with you and also how the song is set up. Definitely. So now we actually have death and this is actually the 10th song on the album before we wrap up. 
with Life is But a Dream, this has a fiction vibe to it from the, the album Nightmare. And it also has a Frank Sinatra kind of feel with a Nat King Cole kind of vibe. It has it more of a... Now, tell me if I'm wrong about this. This is like a Vince Sevenfold, like in a lounge area. Like you would oh actually go gosh. to a hotel... Yeah, if you, dude. If you would just go to a fucking hotel, and they're just instead of them playing like elevator music or anything like that, they're playing playing a bench sevenfold in a lounge, <laughs> and you're just sitting there just listening to a bench sevenfold. That's what yeah. it sounds like to me. I agree, one hundred percent. And it's more of a reward for us who are listening to it because it brings everything together for the album. And it's not the last song that wraps everything up together. It's this song that wraps everything up. Yeah, I I think that with this song, it really I I like that whole nineteen fifties kind of vibe that it has to it. I really they've done so many like different little things that they normally want to do in this album, and I think that it just works out perfectly for them. They did a lot of they did the things that they normally would do. They did a lot less of, and the things that they normally don't do, they did a lot more of. And I think that it was a really risky thing that had a big reward. I think that this is one of those songs that just it sounds good and it kind of does, you know, wrap everything up. I think that the title, the title track at the end wraps the whole concept up. But I think that this song kind of wraps everything up. I think that it's a really good ending track that actually has vocals to it. I think so, too. And I, I, I will say this song as well as ordinary because ordinary you know goes into this song it really has that what i talked about earlier that really loud horn sound and this song has it at the very end and as the chorus progresses on more and more the horn gets louder and louder which you know i i I get that it symbolizes you know the end is coming but still it's just so loud and it kind of takes me out of it that's the only problem i really have with the song so my question for you for this song, would you think that it would actually work better if the vocals got louder to drown out the sound to and to amplify the fact that you're dying and now you're going into the heavens to finally rest? Yeah, because, well, I think actually that would because he uses the word ascended so much in this album. My body has ascended. You know, I have finally ascended. I'm finally home. I think that since this is one of those, you know, death, you know, finally, I'm finally home, I'm ascending, and, you know, your vocals are kind of getting higher to go along with it, you know, I think that the vocals getting louder would have been more enjoyable than this, you know, horn that's going off that is, honestly, it's almost ear-piercing, and I listen to it on these headphones, I have them full of blast, and these headphones are very loud, and, yeah, that part was, it's loud, man. Yeah. It's the chainsaw thing all over again. We talked about this like three or four times. <laughs> we yeah. don't like the horns. We don't like the chainsaw sound no. they have on this or anything like that either. And um, JoJo said something too real quick. She says, hi. Hey, JoJo. Hey. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, but okay, so now we're going to wrap up. This is just an instrumental song for Life is But a Dream. This to me has the sentiments of the stage kind of vibe that we had at the intro of the stage uh, album. Oh, yeah. And this feels like a Pinocchio kind of vibe to it. And what I mean by that is, like, you're on on a stage. You know what I'm saying? And it just winds up, you know, it just 
to be honest with you, it just sets up like a Pinocchio type of Geppetto kind of feel to it. I don't know. It's just hard for me to explain, but you know what I'm talking about, right? I, I know what you're yeah, talking I'm... about. For me, like when you get into like the one minute point, the piano really starts to kind of change and it gets into like this really beautiful rhythmic that it has going to it. And I really, piano and metal is like peanut butter and jelly. I love when metal has piano in it. Same thing with like black metal and stuff. That's why I like, I really like symphonic black metal because I love like keyboards and stuff like that in metal. It just, it goes really well when it's done, when it's done right. And with, you know, going back to Pinkly Smooth, uh on their album unfortunate snort there's also a song that they have that is uh, mesmer which is their second track on the album and they have a piano version of it and i love the piano version of that so i like listening to piano only songs and this song it's really one of those songs that i just love and the first time listening to this album i heard this song and i was like oh you know it's a cool song i probably won't listen to it but you know it's a cool song i find myself going back and listening to it a lot like I listen to this song a decent amount. It doesn't need vocals. I just I love how the piano sounds. It did a really good job, and this is one of those songs that I was saying that if the Rev was still alive, he one hundred and fifty percent would have played this song because he played piano in Pinkly Smooth, and he plays the piano insanely well. Or he did play the piano insanely well. He played the piano on a little piece of heaven. Pretty much any time they bat piano work and eventually unfold, he was the one behind the piano. So I think that this would have been an amazing song that he would have done. I think so too. And I think you could have actually added in vocals with this. Even if it's like a quote from, let's say for instance, if I would actually, now I'm just pretending I'm actually in shadows here. Yeah. But if I was actually to put like the song Death and put in, in my dreams, I stared out at the distance of the city scene. I would actually have that repeated at the same time as you're uh, doing the outro to this music. Because of the fact that it had, because they're saying goodbye. This is it. Yeah. This is the final line. I think that would actually be more of a sentiment than just having the instrumental there. That's just me. But I am with you though when it comes down to um, orchestra and middle and everything too, like uh, C Bar is saying, where he's saying orchestra and middle is, is a brutal mix, Demro, um, Murdoch, and et cetera. Yeah. But here's the thing though. I'm, I love uh, Cradle of Filth and Ephenamine. It's actually hands down one of my favorite songs by them. Nice. And the way that it actually works. And then also to November Rain by Guns N' Roses. You also have Black Label Society and everything yep. too. Oh, yeah. With every, whenever I hear a piano, when I hear orchestra, with even with Metallica and stuff like that, I get goosebumps. Even, every even, time. even, even Ozzy. I mean, dude. Right. Ozzy used great keyboards in their music. Blizzard of Oz filled with keyboards, and it sounds awesome, dude. Mr. Crowley, I mean, come on, dude. Yes. Keyboards on there? That keyboard <laughs> intro? Come on! I will never get bored of Mr. Crowley. That intro yes. is so badass. I have to crank that up every single time it comes on uh, Ozzy Boneyard. Yeah. And <laughs> even this is 5 o'clock in the morning, I gotta listen to that. I gotta listen. <laughs> like, Dude, it's so fucking good. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Rossi says... John and Echoes. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, this has been a fucking pleasure, dude. I, I love talking music. Don't get me wrong. I like talking movies. Movies is my passion. But to do a segment like this dedicated to Avenged Sevenfold's Life is Beautiful, but a Dream, Life is But a Dream, 
It's just a perfect way of actually doing this segment. And then in case anybody's ever is wondering why this thing is called intermission, I talked about it earlier, but in case you have didn't go back and uh, rewinded anything, basically think of it like this. You're getting your movie ticket into the theater. You're having a conversation with somebody that you don't even know, or maybe your friend, and you're talking about the new Avengers Unfold out. So you're talking to a friend or talking to a stranger for a few minutes before you actually go into a movie. So that's where the intermission comes in at. We're going to talk not just music. We're going to talk top five comfort movies. We're going to do different things around the intermission stuff that I cannot wait to dive into because I feel like that I have been handcuffed a little bit to what I want to do. And this is actually my way of actually including new things for us to do. Not as film fans, but just fans of different things because I'll even do PlayStation, like talk about just the evolution of, of PlayStation 1, for example. Or do oh, something yeah. totally different and out there. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That no one's even thought about doing. And that's just my way of doing the intermission. But, man, it's a pleasure. I'm glad that we did this. I am, too. I'm really happy that you had me on this. I Like I said, I I love Adventure Unfold. I have everything that they... I have so many releases. I mean, I have the signed copy of Sage Vinyl still in the plastic. I oh, just... Wow. I love Adventure Unfold, man. Uh, that's my too. passion and i've seen them three times three times in concert one t- the other time was in a hurricane when they came <laughs> down here and they performed and both for my valentine was with them and they actually had to move that concert into the coliseum because of it because you guys are fucking Jeez. crazy for being out here during a hurricane <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you i was like because we're bored happens <laughs> down here uh then uh, another uh, thing I went to was the Taste of Chaos tour that they did. And then the Legs nice. and Breast Fest before uh, Thanksgiving. That's what we called it was Legs and Breast. <laughs> and so they had them. Buck Cherry was there. They also had um, a couple of other bands that was with them. Nice. But yeah, man, they always put on an awesome show. I wish that I, I hope they come back down here again because I want to see Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah, they're coming up to Portland, but... They're coming with Falling in Reverse, and uh, I think I'll just catch a bench show and fold the next time they leave around over here. I think I think I'll just wait. And plus, I think know, I'll just suffer through it yeah. because that's what I normally do <laughs> if I don't like certain bands. I'm like, I'll suffer through this. I guess I'll just walk around until the main set comes up because yeah. I remember meeting uh, Maria Brink from In This Moment for the, the very first time, and. Seven Dust was about to hit the show, uh, hit the thing, but they said that they'll do a meeting greet for in this moment. My friend Brandon and I, we got up out of our seats and we went and met up with uh, Maria Brink. But the funny thing is, okay, we had my friend Kevin watching our seats. He texts me. He's like, you know, you're missing Seven Dust. I said, who the hell cares? I'm meeting <laughs> Maria Brink. <laughs> <laughs> I think honestly, I'd probably just miss falling in reverse and go hit the bar and get a few drinks before eventually I'm full <laughs> there you on. Go. <laughs> Let's see here. Seabar says, "Hey, trust." Uh, ben Mouth is coming to Sacramento. Uh, is coming to Sacramento at the end of September. Well, I wish I had vacation time because it'd be great to go back to Sacramento and go to a show. I still, I remember. Um, in 2016, I flew over to Sacramento. Me and my dad saw Cradle of Filth at Ace of Spades, really small venue. I mean, we're talking small venue. Me and him were at the very front of the row the whole time. And at the very end of the set, 
the guy was taken off the set list and he had one more set list and all these guys were, you know, Hey, let me get it. Let me get it. And I walked up to the stage and I was like, can I please have that set list? And I was like, yeah, here you go. Gave me a set list. I still have their set list from that 2016 show. Oh, sweet. It was that, fucking awesome, dude. They ripped that fucking club apart. It was so good. I like small venues though, versus I big venues. Same here. I, I, this, saw, I, should... I Oh, no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, I saw um, a band called Born of Osiris. I saw them at K Street Assembly in Sacramento. No security. And we I was able to get on stage and jump onto the crowd. It was so oh, fucking It was the only venue I've ever been able to get on stage. And then the singer, he tapped my shoulder and I jumped onto the fucking crowd. It was awesome, man. Let's see here. Seabar says such an awesome show. That close to Cradle. Yeah, I would have actually I mean, killed for that. Dude, it was crazy. I mean, Ace of Spades is such a small venue, man. And, like, the drummer was inside a box. He had, you know, pixie, uh, uh, pixie glass around him. And then, I mean, dude, they were so close to us. I mean, Danny was right fucking there, dude. It was badass. They put on a really good show. They they did a really good job. Let's see here. I actually got to meet uh, Hell Yeah. I got to meet nice. uh, Chad from Mudvayne. I actually met Benny from Pantera, Benny Paul. Oh, right on. And I got their autographs and everything. And I just was glad that I got to meet Benny before he passed away. And I was like, yeah. dude, I just want to say Dimebag was actually hands down one of my favorite guitar players um, ever. And he goes, man, much love to you. Much love to you. I do appreciate the sentiment and everything. And it was also Chad's birthday, so I got to say happy birthday to him. Nice. And everything. Uh, but it was, it was just awesome. That's so but, awesome, dude. Hell yeah, it's badass. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> Get this. I actually saw Hell yeah when they were first starting out as well. Nice. And also Five Finger Death Punch was also another band that I've seen before they got big as well. I would have loved to see uh, John for a Cowboy. I would love to see John for a Cowboy live, man. They are fucking awesome. Also, Primus. I would like to see Primus yes. live. And um, I almost went to a Mr. Bungle show because they came up to Crystal Ballroom, but the tickets were like 150 bucks. And I was like, I can't afford that right now. Me either. But I would have loved to see it because, I mean, Dave Lombardo's a drummer. You got Scotty in on guitars. Like, it's just like a power metal band now. Like, I would have loved to see Mr. Bungle. But you know what, guys? We're going to try and do something like this again. Because here's the thing. I love metal. I like alternative rock. I like all this other stuff. So we're going to try and do another intermission later on. And we'll let you know what we're going to be doing. But, man, this was just awesome. And Winona's big brown beaver. Okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. So we're gonna leave, it, leave that at that high note on that one. Uh, so, but anyways, man, it's a it was a pleasure to have you on here, just talking music and doing this. And yes, Seabar, I will be doing more of this and everything too. Uh, Stain's new album's coming out next month, uh, this month actually. So I'm I have that on pre order. So if trust nice. if you're a diehard Stain fan, uh-huh. um. But Not, I can okay. I can I can listen to the album and I can definitely okay. give a good review of it. Okay, but yeah, um, um, I got that pre-order. I have a bunch of ideas for the uh for the animation stuff. So oh, I yeah. promise you, we're gonna do something music. We're gonna do a little bit of everything. We're gonna mix things up here at Movie Loves Unite. I hope that you guys enjoy this segment just as much as Trust and I did. 
And everybody, just do me a favor. Show me some love by smashing that like button, smashing that subscribe button, and going on ahead, commenting below. If you guys go on ahead and rewatch it, tell us what you think. Did you guys like Avenged Sevenfold? Were you split between everything? Were there some aspects to it like like Trust and I had or anything? Tell us in the comments. We would like to know. And always until next time, guys. Have a great and safe night, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. See ya. Quit.